0: Welcome to the Palmetto Street Church of God message podcast. We pray that you are inspired by today's message, and we hope that you share and subscribe to this podcast so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can go forth and reach many people in our world today. Enjoy the message. I just want to kind of keep on the same track as the pastor the last couple of weeks. He's talked about um, surrender. And so that's kind of where uh, when we talked about me Filling in today, I just wanted to kind of keep that same track. How many have been blessed the last couple of weeks? Um, and so, so, as we talked this week, as he was um, driving over with me with the bus, I mean, as, as he was asking me to fill in, um, I just thought about, thought about those messages he's been delivering. And uh, so, I want to keep on that same track. So, today, just want to share from my heart what God gave me as we were talking is from Matthew. Um, Chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. It's a real simple scripture, but a lot of times we miss it. It says this, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and he followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus heard that. He said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you for a word, God, that... That can be so simple, God. Sometimes we make things so complicated, God. But your word, your power, your love for us, God, is so simple, God. It simply says to follow you. God, help us to understand that today in a way like never before. God, we give you all the praise. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen, amen. Um, you know, the pastor talked about us calling him a squirrel earlier, and, uh, and that's true. He is all over this place. I mean, it's, he's just amazing to watch from different directions and so quickly from one thing to another. Um, it's just been refreshing. But I'm still trying to figure out, still trying to figure out how he made it this far in life without me being his sidekick. You know, I can't figure it out. He can't preach a sermon without me. And so I don't really understand, but somehow he's made it to this great church, and he's our pastor, and we love him and uh, but I don't know how he did it without me i don't know how he did it before. I'm gonna have to go look at some of his old archive services and see who he picked on, so maybe we can start a support group or something um, but anyway uh this this story you know we were talking about surrender and and I've been blessed the last couple of weeks and and so I, I was just kind of listening and and uh and and when we started talking, I, I wanted to stay on the same track. He's got one more sermon in the series. Um, and, uh, and so I, I wanted to keep that same train of thought. So we're going to stay with that about surrender today. Um, but when we look at this story of Matthew, Jesus, the, the wording was just so simple. I mean, follow me. That's all he said. That's like the best sermon ever. Follow me. And the guy gets up and follows you. That's, that's, that's perfect. And uh, maybe that's why I'm such a short-winded preacher. I don't need to say much. Amen. So uh, Johnny told me they got an over and under on me in the back. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see. But Matthew, Matthew made it so simple. You know, Jesus just said, you know, follow me. And Matthew gets up and follows him. But my question when I started looking at it, when I started thinking about this story, thinking about the scripture, my question was, why did Matthew do it so easily? You know, what was so easy about it? Because for me... It was a long, hard-fought process. I mean, it was a battle, a battle raised in my mind. Um, can I follow you? Can I can I do this thing called Christianity? Can I can I make it? You know, can I be successful? Are they going to call me a backslider? You know, what's going to happen? Where where am I going to be at uh, next Sunday, the next Sunday, or the next month, or the next year? You know, what's going to happen in my life? And so I was real nervous. I was real scared, and and uh, and it was always this battle raging in my mind. So I wanted to know how did Matthew do it? And so I started looking at the scripture, just kind of kind of putting myself in his position. And the first thing I saw that. Matthew knew who Jesus was. You know, I think for a lot of us, I grew up in church and, and, uh, and, and I knew who Jesus was. I was even a believer, but I wasn't a Christian, if that makes any kind of sense. You know, I believed that he was real. I just didn't follow him. I just didn't uh, commit my life to him. And so... Um, So, I was just trying to see how did Matthew, how did he know? You know, how did he understand it? And what was different in his life? And I started looking at the stories and I started looking at the the Bible and what had taken place up to this point. And so I, I came to the conclusion that even though they didn't have Facebook back then, they had to know who he had to know a little bit about who Jesus was. Jesus had been preaching. And so he was preaching some amazing sermons leading up to this point. He would already preached about uh, judging others, you know, the story of um, why are you trying to get the, the speck out of my eye when you got this big piece of wood sticking out of your eye. And uh, and so I, I saw that story, and it's so powerful because it reminds us, you know, you're going to be judged by the same measure that you're judging someone else. And so it reminds us, you better look in the mirror first, you know. And so I kind of thought about that, and that, and that, that sermon is just real powerful, and he also Um, Just begin to preach and and teach about uh, the narrow way is better, Um, and I I was sharing with them earlier. uh, I I don't like traffic at all. I mean, you know, I grew up in the country, dirt roads. If we passed a car on the dirt road, I was upset, and uh, and so you know, living in Florence is not a big city or anything. But Saturday afternoon traffic around the mall can be kind of hectic. And uh, me and Shannon uh, ventured out to the mall yesterday, and we were coming back and. I told her I was going the back way. She was like, all the way around? I said, yeah, all the way around. They got something at the Civic Center, the mall, you know, uh, Outback. It's packed. You know, I don't want to go through all that. So I, I chose a different way. It wasn't as easy, but it was a different way. And that's what Jesus was reminding them. Look, my way is the narrow way. It's going to be hard to find. It's going to be hard to navigate. But in the end, it's going to be worth it. It brings life. And that's what Jesus came to do. So he preached this message about the narrow way. And he also preached about loving your enemy. He said this. He said, "Um, it's easy to love someone that loves you back. You know, that's, and I started, yeah, yeah, that is true. It is true. It's hard to love someone That doesn't feel the same way about you. And that's what he was trying to say. We have to love our enemy. We have to love love those around us. No matter where they are in their walk with Christ. No matter where they are in their life. We have to love those around us. And so he's preaching that message. Um, He preached about giving to the poor. He preached about building your house on the rock instead of sand. He preached all these great messages. He preached and taught them the Lord's Prayer. All this had taken place just prior to this moment with Matthew. Um, He also began his healing ministry. He was healing people. He had healed the the leper. The man came to him and said, if if it's your will, will you make me whole? Will you make me clean? And so he healed the leper and he cast out the demons and he healed the paralyzed man. And he calmed the storm. They were in the boat, and he was asleep, relaxing. And they came, Jesus, you got to get up. There's a storm. It's a bad storm. And he gets up, and he speaks to the sea and to the wind, and it calms down. They were amazed at who he was. All this had taken place just prior to him calling Matthew. And I had to think that word had traveled. You know, even without Facebook, even without text messaging, word still traveled. You know, people still talked. People still gossiped, even back then. I know that's hard to believe, but they did. And so word had to come to who he was. Word had to come to Matthew and a little bit about who Jesus was, a little bit about what he could do. He had to know that there was something special about this man called Jesus. He had to know that um, there was something different about him. And I think for many of us, um, we don't always understand who Jesus is. You know, we're, we're in different places in our life, and we don't always understand. We don't always understand exactly who he is. We don't always understand... Um. exactly who Jesus is. But I want to remind you today that we don't have to understand everything at once. We don't have to understand all of his power, all of his anointing, all of his purpose. We don't have to understand that all at once. We just have to know who he is and trust in that. We don't have to understand everything that's going to take place. We have to know this one thing, that Jesus is who he says he is and when he calls us, we can follow him. We can trust that. second thing I saw was this. It says, your desire to surrender has to has to outweigh everything else around you. Your desire to surrender to Christ has to be the most important thing to you. Um, you have to be willing to leave your past behind. You have to be willing to forget who you once were. And a lot of times that's different. I remember, um, I, I looked at Shannon when I said this earlier, I, I remember the original John Mark. And uh, she was like, yeah, I know him too. I know him too. He aggravating. He was aggravating. I remember the struggles that were in my mind. You know, I remember um, sitting back, back over here and, and remember all those times somebody reminded me earlier that they could see the white on my knuckles when I was gripping the pew in front of me because I was fighting the Lord so hard I didn't want to come to this altar. And, uh, and, and I don't remember that, but I believe it. Um, I was scared to death sometimes. But but I remember the, who I once was. You know, I remember that person. I remember how afraid of failure I was. I remember... Um, thinking that I can't do it I, I can't I can't surrender my life I can't give you everything God because I'll be a failure I'll, I'll fail you I won't be able to do it and I remember those moments but in time God took me from back here fighting him to now sitting on the front row working for him and, and up here sharing what he's done in my life today. God does things in our life that we can't fathom or understand, but he's only asking one thing that we follow him. It's something that's so simple. Jesus tells Matthew to follow me, and he does, and and they go to um, to this party, if you will, that everybody's gathered, the sinners, the tax collectors. Don't you love a sermon about tax collecting right at tax season? Amen. So they're, they're all gathered together, and and the poor tax collectors, I feel so bad for them because they're lumped in, the sinners and the tax collectors. They're lumped in right together all the time. um. But but they were they were not very well liked by everybody. They were they were the outcast. They were the enemy. Uh, they were Jewish people that were taking taking money from Jews and giving it to the Romans. And uh, and I just started thinking. I said, man, that would be tough, you know, because I just write a check and mail it in. But they went to the house and picked it up. You know, I want my money. And uh, so it was different back then. It was different for for how things were. But but that's that's how they categorized. Tax collectors, that's how they categorize Matthew. He lump, they lump him in with, with the sinners and so they're all having dinner, they're all uh, talking and, and, and Jesus is there in the middle hanging out with them. He's there hanging out with them. And I think for a lot of us, we don't realize what Jesus wants to do in your life. We don't realize who he is and what he wants to do, that he wants to hang out with us. Like he literally wants to hang out with us. He wants to hang out with the lost, with the hurting, with the sinners, with the tax collectors, with those that everybody else looks down on. He wants to hang out with us. And I think we miss that so many times. We miss the power of the relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ by overlooking this moment that he's there to be with us, to hang out with us. And Matthew was there and he wanted his friends to know who Jesus was. These were, were his friends, coworkers, if you will, people in the same town. They all knew each other and they wanted, he wanted them to know who Jesus was. Was But at the end of the day, Matthew still left to follow Jesus. So I think in our life we have to understand there comes a moment where I have to leave the past and trust God enough to follow him. And Matthew was in this moment, even though he was there with all of his friends, uh, with sinners, with other tax collectors, he was there. he, He knew them all. There came a moment where he had to make that decision that I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to leave this past behind. Everything about him, it had the the, the the desire to follow Christ had to outweigh everything else. It had to be the most important thing in that moment that I'm going to leave it all and I'm going to follow him. And I think for a lot of us, we get so hung up on holding on to things. You know, holding on to things, people, relationships, whatever it may be that, that hold us back and we're afraid to commit, we're afraid to give God everything. He's like, look, if you'll trust me, if you'll follow me, those simple words, just follow me, just trust in me. And I'll I'll give you a new life. I'll give you a new purpose. And that's where Matthew was. He was in this moment where Jesus was saying, follow me. And he had to decide, is everything in my past, is it going to hold me back or am I going to let it all go and follow Jesus Christ? As much as he loved him, he still left. There comes a time in our walk where we have to do the same thing, that we have to leave Christ, that we have to leave everyone for Christ. We have to leave those things behind. Your desire to surrender has to be greater than everything else. Shortly before this story takes place, Jesus also talked about um, people that would come up with excuses. You know, the dead bury the dead and all those things. People will come up with excuses not to follow Christ. I came up with dozens of them, probably hundreds of them over time. And and it's always an excuse. It's always a, a bargaining chip. You know, if you do this, I'll do this. But that's not what Christ is looking for. He's looking for someone to follow him. We can always find excuses. We can always come up with a reason. But what's keeping you today from following Christ. What's so important that you're willing to watch your salvation walk out the door? What's so important in your life that you're willing to watch eternity walk away from you? So we have to understand Matthew was in the worst lifestyle anyone could have. He's a tax collector, he was literally hated by those around him. He was robbing his own people for the, for the Romans, but he understood surrender. And when Jesus called him, he was willing to get up and follow him. There was no conversation, there was no debates. There were no what-ifs. There was no bartering. There was no deal-making. He said, follow me. And the word says that Matthew got up and followed him. It was only surrender. And that's what we have to do sometimes. We have to just trust in God and get up and follow him. The third thing was um, only you can surrender your life. You know, um, I thought about this, and, and, and uh, you know, there are a lot of people in this room that, that care about you, uh, myself the staff, uh, the people you're sitting with, this, this church has a church body, your family, your friends, they care about you and, and, and they worry about you and they pray for you. But the bottom line is only you can surrender your life. I would love to be able to surrender. I know Shannon would have loved to have surrendered my life a long time ago. Um, I would love to be able to do it for you and to explain it better. I wish I could, but only you can make that choice. And so many times we don't understand that that, that in our, the ball's in our court. It's our decision to make. But when you make that decision, everything else seems to fall into place. Everything else seems to, to make sense all of a sudden. I remember, um, I remember that moment in my life when I made that decision. It was March the 15th, 2003. That was 18 years ago. Um, I was on a, a retreat with our youth group. I was a chaperone. I was a police officer at the time. And I was only the chaperone because the kids were scared of me. That was the only reason I was there, um, and so uh, I was on the trip, and um, and fighting, man, fighting, fighting a battle. I remember watching that that first sermon, and man, my mind was was raging. You know, it was it was raging in there, and uh, and and I just sat and was just watching the whole time, um, and, and I remember that. And uh, that Saturday, that was Friday night. That Saturday night, um, the pastor. I, I would love to say he preached a wonderful, eloquent sermon that drew me to the Lord, but it was pretty much, you need to get saved. That was pretty much all he said, almost like Jesus here saying, follow me. It was real quick, it was real to the point, and it was real powerful. And, uh, and I made that decision that night to follow him, and I surrendered my life to Christ that night. Uh, that was a Saturday night, so we got back to the hotel, and um, the boys that I was chaperoning that were questionable in character, if you will, We'll just say that. I'm looking. Yep, I see one. I see one. So, uh, so they were a little rough around the edges, like most teenage boys. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I remember. Uh, I remember one of them. One of them is in the in the balcony right now, and I'll never forget. Um, I'm looking. He's literally dead in front of me. And uh, I don't want to call him out or anything. But Luke has been such a special person in my life. Um. But I'll never forget Luke. I'm I'm really glad you're here because I'll never forget. Uh, he was beside me. and I looked over and, and he was crying and had his hands raised, and I remember thinking, I'm a grown man. I carry a gun everywhere I go, you know. And this this guy is surrendering his life, and yet I'm still here fighting and battling. And uh, and I remember that it, it just it just touched me, man. And I and I surrendered my life. I, I lifted my hands and gave my heart to Christ. And uh, that night we got back to the room. And uh, just, just shared what God was doing stayed up late talking and, and uh, cutting up and all those fun things. The next morning we had, we had church and worshiped and we drove home on the van. And I remember just talking, being so excited, can't wait to get back. And, and uh, I remember uh, our pastor at the time, Pastor Laboon, I remember, I remember apologizing to him for getting saved. Isn't that crazy? I said, man, I'm so sorry I got saved somewhere else. I should have got saved when you was preaching. You know? and uh I remember that you know, just baby Christian, I guess, but uh but you know, I remember that, and I remember that relief, you know, and I remember you know uh that Sunday night, me and Shannon got home, and we were talking about the trip and talking about the Lord and just talking about stuff and uh you know that that next morning when she left for work, that was the first time I was by myself, you know that was the first time I had like a minute to myself and uh and I remember standing in the kitchen and thinking man what 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 am i going to do how am i going to make it you know the the enemy came quickly that in that moment and um and i remember i shared earlier i probably shared too much i apologize but i remember um looking in my liquor cabinet um because that was the thing holding me back you know that was the thing that i always Clung to I, I, I felt like I could never give that part of my life up that i was that I was uh, i don I 't don't want to say alcoholic, but I was like right there you know i, I don 't really know, but I knew that that was my hang up I knew that that was what was holding me back. I knew that had a strong hold on my life, and I remember opening that cabinet and beginning to get the bottles and, and, and pour everything out. I remember thinking crazy things like the guys at work are going to be so mad that I poured all this liquor out you know and um, and and so You know, I I get to work, and uh, so I'm telling the guys at work uh, about my my weekend. I'm telling them about my surrender, and uh, and I remember that's exactly what they did. They said that was stupid, Sarge. Should have called us. We'd have came and got it. But the thing was, that was that was my surrender. You know, that was that was my moment. That was my time to 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 do my surrender. And what I want to tell you is. It doesn't have to make sense to you. What I did didn't make sense to those guys at work. Probably don't make sense to a lot of you, but it made perfect sense to me. And that's all that really mattered. And I want to tell you today that, that your surrender only has to make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense to me. It's not my, it's not my battle. It's not my walk with Christ. That's not what's important. What's important is your surrender. Your walk with Christ, your life and your future and your and your hope and your dreams. That's what's important. And so we have to understand that that everyone is different. And while I want you to surrender, while I while I beg you this morning to surrender, it's you that can make the decision. I wish it was me and I could make it for you, but I can't. I just remember it made sense. I remember I couldn't believe I let something like that hold me back for so long. I remember my eyes opening. Like that song, the lyrics in that song, the veil the veil was removed from my eyes and I could see for the first time. Your walk, your surrender doesn't have to make sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to people around you. It only needs to make sense to you and to God. But without surrender, you can never leave your past and you can never follow Christ. You got to come to that moment where you surrender. See, this story ends with repentance. That's how the story ends. Repentance. And a lot of us, we shy away from that. It's, it's, it makes us nervous sometimes. What is repentance? It's an unconditional surrender to God. Complete change of direction. That's what it means. An unconditional surrender to God. There's no, no bartering. No deal making. God, if you do this, I'll do this. There's none of that. It's just a complete surrender. Um, and so many times we fight it over silly things in our mind. We feel like we can't win. But I'm here to tell you, God can fight your battles for you when you surrender. But He can't do it to you surrender. There's no relationship without repentance. Your surrender leads to your new life, and Jesus came to bring you life. I want you to stand with me real quick. We're going to talk real quickly about that last verse of this story, verse 13. It says this. He was talking to the, the, the Pharisees. Were, he was talking to them, and, and he said, I want you to go and look this up. I want you to go find out what this means. And he said this, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus desires mercy, not sacrifice. I think we forget that he's the sacrifice. You know, he's, he's already done it. He's already been our sacrifice. He's already given up his life. He's already given up his blood for our sins that we may know him. So we don't need to sacrifice anything. He's desiring to show us mercy. I think for a lot of times we, we overlook that part of it. He wants to show us mercy. He's saying, I desire to show you mercy not demand a sacrifice from you i'm not trying to get some kind of payment from you or some kind of promise from you i want to show you mercy he's not demanding sacrifices or promises that we're going to do better next time i'll do better next time i can't tell you how many times i've said that probably this week but um but he not he's not asking for that he wants to show us he wants to show us mercy his desire is that you follow him remember this story jesus Is with Matthew and he's with all his friends that are in this house. He's he's with the sinners. He's with the the tax collectors. He's hanging out with everyone. And everybody's so mad that Jesus is hanging out with all these people. That's what he wants to do. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to be part of your life. He wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to deliver you and, and set you on the path that he has for you from the very beginning of your very first moment. He's got a path and a plan and a purpose for you. He wants to get you on that path and get you on that place. A lot of us don't know what it is. I never would have guessed in a million years that I would go from back there holding on to the pew for dear life to standing up here in front of you today. But that was the path he had. And I don't know what your path is, but I know this. It comes with surrender. It comes with surrender. And when Jesus asked to follow him, that's all you got to do is follow him. Everything else will fall into place. Everything else will, will go, take place just the way Christ wants it to. But you got to trust Him. and you got to leave your past behind and follow Him. He's not asking for a sacrifice, just repentance. So I want to ask you today, we surrender everything and follow Jesus Christ. We surrender everything and leave your past behind and trust that His plan, His purpose, His future is better than anything you could ever ask for, anything you could ever hope for. Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ, but I know this altar is open. If you need to come here to this altar... We'll meet you down here and pray with you. And I know Jesus Christ, the most important person in this room, he wants to meet you and pray with you. The Holy Spirit wants to be a part of your life, a living, breathing part of your life, guiding you and leading you, giving you strength when you thought you didn't have any strength, and giving you wisdom when you didn't think you could make the right decisions. He wants to do that. But it's you. It's you that has to make the choice. It's you that has to make the decision that I'm going to follow Christ. No matter what it looks like, no matter what happens, I'm going to follow him. So if that's you, all you simply got to do is walk down to this altar and we'll meet you. All you simply got to do is walk down here and I promise you there will be people around you to pray with you and to guide you and leave you, to be a part of your life, to help you. No one looking around, let's pray. If that's you this morning, please walk down. Father, we love you so much, God. Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, for your word, God. But most importantly, God, I'm thankful, Lord, for a Savior, God, that saw me a sinner, God but still chose to call me, still chose to ask me, God, to follow you. No matter what my life was like, no matter the shambles, the sin, the the chaos, no matter what it was, the uncertainty, the the scaredness, the nervousness, whatever it was, God, you still looked at my life and said, follow me, God. That's all I needed, God, was that moment. God, I pray today, God, if there's one person here, God, that needs to follow you, God, no matter what it is, maybe they need to surrender their life, maybe they need to surrender just something in their life, God, I don't know what it is god but you know and it's only between you and them god it's not my business it's not my place god it's their moment to surrender god it's their moment god to surrender everything to you god lord i pray that your power your holy spirit god would touch them god in such a way they'll leave this place changed god leaving their past behind god and following you God. thank you for listening to our podcast we hope you are inspired by today's message be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on our social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, visit us at pscog.org. Stay safe and have an incredible day. In Jesus' name.